Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope life is treating you well and you're enjoying the 50 most relevant, counting down who at least I personally believe are the most relevant players for Supercoach, AFL Fantasy and Dream Team kind of squished together in one universal list. Number 26 is where we find ourselves today in the countdown, and it's Richmond Tiger Dustin Martin we're going to talk about. To help chat about Dusty, a man uh, that you may know from the Draft Doctors podcast and website, and also if you're an AFL fantasy coach, you saw his name floating around inside the top few, ended up finishing top three in AFL fantasy last year. I'm talking about the Statesman. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, MJ, and uh, a great subject to talk about Dustin Martin, especially for season 2019. Yeah, look, he had a, a stunning 2017, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later in a moment. And it's crazy to believe that someone could have what was considered a drop-away season and yet still be given All-Australian honours. That's how good a footballer Dusty is. He's just 27, midfielder only. Some thought he was pretty close to gaining forward status. I was definitely one of those. But although 2018 didn't hit the lofty heights of 2017, there was some still some really big scores through there. A 127 against the Adelaide Crows for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 160 in that same match for Supercoach. A pretty down year, as we've talked about in terms of seasonal averages, just the 92.9 for Fantasy and Dream Team. But he did still crack the ton in Supercoach, 103.8. He's going to set you back at one of the cheapest pricings you've seen in Dusty for a while. Just over 560000 in Supercoach, 664500 in Dream Team, and 674000 in AFL Fantasy. You've got to go back a few seasons, don't you, Statesman, to be able to see him priced at this average and score what he's done because for the past three, four, five years, he's been one of the most consistent, durable, and best scoring options for fantasy coaches across all formats. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his uh, data from last year puts him um, round about where his third season uh, was. So we're talking about his lowest year for, for five or six seasons, which is actually quite remarkable coming from the heights that he has. I, I will say it was still a good football year, yeah. but it just wasn't a great fantasy year and I, I have done a fair bit of data previously on, on dealing with Brownlow medalists and uh, we, we certainly have a history with, with one exception being Gary Ablett where everyone's average less. Now that sort of makes a fair bit of sense because the reality is you need to have uh, a, a super season to actually win a Brownlow medal. You need to yeah. be remarkable to, to get enough votes to win. So that would generally mean statistically you're you're getting to the level um, where you're probably having a, a career best season. Uh, only Gary Ablett's actually averaged more after a Brownlow year, but he actually was injured that year, so his actual total was less. So it wasn't a surprise that he dropped away uh, with his data. So we shouldn't be shocked with that, but I think we should be shocked with the amount that he actually dropped. Um, yeah. And and I think there are probably three things that made the difference there, and I'll talk about them a little bit later in detail, but it was role, it was desire, and it was a little bit of body. 
Yeah, well, we, you know, late towards the year, especially um, really evident in that preliminary final loss for the Tigers, it was evident to, to everyone um, that he just wasn't quite right. And and you're correct, his role was was different last year, more so than probably previous seasons. But if we do look into some of the fantasy numbers of, of last year, he did kick off the year very similar to how he ended the year before. Um, in three of his opening four games for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he went 110, 127, 111. Uh, while Supercoach, it was that 139, 160, and 141. So if you started with Dusty, you're thinking, hello, boys, it, this is exactly how 2017 went. I'm on a winner. But between round 7 and 15, he didn't score an AFL Fantasy a dream team ton, and just the two in super coach. And for that stretch of games in AFL fantasy and dream team, you've actually got to go back to the year 2011 for that amount of games in a row that he doesn't turn up. So it was clearly something different. And I think you're right. You were alluding to a couple of those key reasons of why he did drop back to the pack a little bit purely from a fantasy perspective. But over the last two months of the year, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he didn't drop below 80. He posted four tons. They were all over 110. And in Supercoach, um, over his last eight games, six of those were hundreds and just the one score under 90. So in the final eight weeks of the year, he ended up averaging 100 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and the 109 in Supercoach. So already there, there's that potential value we're being able to remind ourselves again that, yeah, he may not hit the lofty heights of 2017 again, but given where his average and his price point is, he looks like he's got some growth for us, and he's going to put himself in contention as a really good premium midfielder. Oh, absolutely. I mean, last year he dropped 20... Uh, points in AFL Fantasy yeah. and, and uh, well over 15 points in Supercoach. So that, that's a fair bit of value to be had there. And I, I always say that we, we always look at people's career year and I think we need to generally put a line in that and sometimes we need to put a line through one that was affected by things that were out of their control. Mm. And I think the case is the best way to look at Dusty Martin is you put a line through 17, you put a line through 18 and actually have a look at a summary of the, the three years leading up to that to right. say this is the type of player he is. So I'm suggesting he's a 105 mid um, in AFL Fantasy and I'm suggesting he's a 105 to 110 mid in Supercoach. Now, to me, if you can buy someone at 93 and actually get 105 out of them uh, and therefore they are a genuine premium mm. and in the mix for being in that sort of top 10 midfield scorers, then that's great value. And you've got to jump on that as an, as a, an opportunity. Now, looking at the scoring, um, so if we look at his second year, which was 2011, um, he actually got seven tonnes. Yeah. So we're talking that's the Clayton Oliver year where, where Clayton went mad. Dusty didn't have Clayton's tank but he showed the scoring opportunity. Right. So 141 was his top score in AFL Fantasy and 168 was his top score in Supercoach. That's just in his second year. Seven tonnes in AFL Fantasy and nine tonnes in Supercoach. So this is only just his second season without a tank. So he's always had that potential. So if you fast forward to his premium years being 15, 16 and 17, he played 66 games, so he's very durable. Yeah. Uh, he scored... 44 AFL Fantasy tons in those 66 games and 47 Supercoach tons in that time. That means this boy is a solid scorer. Absolutely. Now, 
I totally agree he's no Tom Mitchell. <laughs> but I tell you what, this bloke has a ceiling, and yeah. that's the important part about him. And I, I look at the other key thing that I think he is so important for us this year is the draw. So Richmond have one Wednesday game. They had three Thursday games, and they have four Friday games. So they are one of the best teams for your vice-captain loopholes. Uh, and outside the, the weaker opposition where possibly a, a Tom Litch comes into his own, mm. Dusty is the clear club favourite to be a VC, yeah. Luke. And he is going to be a big scorer in some of those games. You look at some of the opposition and obviously round one being Carlton. I know he hasn't got a fantastic history, but I reckon he's fired up, ready to, to actually... Um, show that last year was just a little blip in his career. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair analysis. And you do touch on his durability. If you contrast him to someone who debuted that same year, like a like a Nat Fife, um, he's played almost 50 more games of football in, in a same period of time. So that durability, that consistency of scoring, that ceiling and body of work that he's been able to deliver over a number of years, not just the Brownlow Medal, Norm Smith Premiership, win every freaking award in the AFL outside of the Coleman year. Um, he's proven that he can do every single thing that as a fantasy coach you want. And he's now priced from for us in a position where we've never really had him you know, over the past handful of years. So if you've ever been bullish on, on Dustin Martin previously, I think there's every single reason that you should be yet again because you're now getting something you haven't with Dustin before, and that's value. And when you can get value with your premiums that can go there and thereabouts of a top 10 midfielder, they're almost irresistible to pass on. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of coaches fall into, they, they look at uh, the data and someone has a massive year and going, look, I just hope that they can do it again. So they pay top dollar in the salary cap versions to actually get these people that potentially can score. Um, but they only need one bad game or one, one game of being tagged and all of a sudden their value is dropped. So other coaches are getting them much cheaper. It's actually your value premiums. And I look at your Lockie Nils, your Zach Merritts, and your Dusty Martins this year that are truly the value premium midfielders. Mm, oh, and there is plenty of them around, depending on the format you play. Uh, you can definitely get plenty of value in there. You touched on a real interesting point, Statesman, that I'm keen to get your thoughts on. And depending on you know the kind of fantasy football or just footballing you know sites and podcasts that people choose to digest, you'll get many varied uh, reflections and speculations of the impact of the new rule changes and the inclusion of former Gold Coast Sun and fellow 50 Most Relevant Inclusion, Tom Lynch, will make on the game style of Richmond. Now, while some of it is just pure speculation and guesswork, if you look at the the 666 starting positions, for that to really make any immediate impact for a a Richmond side, that's going to require them to be able to win those clearances quickly because sides are going to very quickly readjust um, to how they transition, how they build up that back six and defensive unit. So for Richmond to be able to maximize the key phenomenal tools they have in Lynch and Rewalt, 
that ball-winning midfield unit has got to pick up a little bit more of that clearance game. And while they, Richmond certainly don't lack um, for high-quality midfielders, their best clearance winner by a mile is Dustin Martin. So while I do think he'll need to spend plenty of time inside forward 50 because he's such a, a difficult matchup, and the fact that he's got you know Lynch and Rewalt rolling around too, the, that he could get the third tall is just just licking your lips options for Tiger fans and fantasy coaches. But how do you see that kind of dynamic playing out with Lynch coming in? What's that midfield rotation versus forward balance you can um, kind of foresee for Dustin Martin? Uh, You've hit it very well. It's a win-win for Dusty. Uh, He'll spend more time in the midfield because they'll want to get a high rate of clearances to give those gun forwards the opportunity, especially when there's a lack of loose down there. So uh, any bounce up, you've got to think Dusty Martin's in that guts trying to help get it out and get it to Lynch or Rewalt quickly. The second win is actually, no matter where we look at, Dusty's going to rest forward. Mm. So he's so dangerous down there. But but all of a sudden, it's not uh, a fact of you close down Rewalt when Dusty's there. You put the next best defender on him or at all on him. All of a sudden, you've got a guard, Rewalt, and Lynch. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's the third best defender. Now, that's when players start cutting up. And we're, we're having a bit of a debate at the draft doctors right now because Steve is really big on um, McDonald at um, uh, at Melbourne. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, hold on. All of a sudden, he's got the best defender rather than second. the second best defender. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. And Dusty, all of a sudden, when he's resting, is generally not going to get the opposition that is going to stop him and it becomes even more dangerous than he was last year. So he'll get more midfield time and he'll get more value when he's forward. Yeah, look, across the board, we see so many Tigers fantasy averages drop away as the team bought into this greater team-first mentality than ever before. And so do the changes to the sides line up, most notably around Lynch and the new rule changes, mean a, a positive turn on the fantasy numbers? I guess some of the JLT community series will give us a, a level of insight to how different clubs are choosing to work their way through this. But while we won't know for sure, he is a massive, massive value on where he was 12 months ago and nothing has changed so drastically that if you were keen on Dusty 12 months ago I think you should be absolutely staying at that same level and now you're just getting value so for me right now um, while he may not hit those lofty heights of 2017 he doesn't have to if he can push back even to a 2016 where he was going a 108 in Supercoach and a 107 in Dream Team and Fantasy that's more than enough to put him inside the top 10 midfielders um, across all formats or just off the edge of it in Supercoach. But for me right now in Supercoach, he's right in the mix. In AFL Fantasy, he's certainly in my starting side. Probably doesn't fit what I want to do with Dream Team just yet. But that's what I'm kind of thinking in those formats. Where have you got him right now, Statesman? Yeah, I've got him. I'm going to have him right across the board. Yeah. He's just too good a value to miss. And you look at that draw factor. Yeah, the loophole really comes into it. And and uh, over his career, he's had 17 games over 130 in AFL Fantasy and a dozen over 150 in Supercoach. So if I can snare one or two of those as my VC loophole, he's worth his weight in gold. I am expecting that 2016 level um, between the 105 and 110 and I think that's worthwhile if I can pick him up uh, 
at a cost price of 93 in fantasy and 103 in uh, Supercoach. Yeah, I think so, man. Well, 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 let's talk drafts, and that's certainly your area of specialty coming from the draft doctors. Over the past few years, though, if you wanted Dusty, you were using your opening round selection on him, whether it be last year as that midfielder or previous seasonal incarnations where he had the forward status. Chances are, if you wanted to own Dustin Martin, your round one selection was going on Dusty. So probably for the first time in two or three years, you're going to be able to pick him up a little bit later. In terms of midfield positions, it's definitely different in each format. Are you targeting him as kind of an M2, M3 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team? Where do you think he's going to go? Yeah, I think that's where you certainly target him. But there will be people that are hot. Yeah. He is Dusty Martin, there's no doubt. So there's people that had the history of him being the number one forward. Uh, and I know Steve picked him up in our keeper. Um, but that's before his massive breakout. But he was able to get him in the third round, I do believe. But I can't see him getting past round four. No. Um, but still, I think he's fantastic value. If you can get a top 10 midfielder in, in round three or round four, that's a great bargain. Um, and you're obviously going to see him with your averages if you're using the ultimate footy model, sitting there with uh, 92.9 sitting next to him. That is going to keep some of the coaches away. So you should still get a reasonable bargain. It depends whether there's any Richmond supporters in your league. If there are, he's gone early. Yeah, I think so. I think in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, you might be lucky enough to get him as an M3, but if you really want him, it'll have to be your second midfielder selected to make yeah. sure no one gets him. Whereas in Supercoach, um, he's gone at M2. There, there is no way, because he's currently ranked as the 18th best midfielder. Um, I, I believe, as you do too, that he's going to um, improve on that enough to be in that top 10 calculation. And so, you know, again, before the fourth round is over, if Dustin Martin is on the board, in, especially in Supercoach, y- you're probably doing it wrong. Absolutely. Where does he go in a keeper league? Because in an existing keeper league, Now's probably the time if you were ever to go and get him coming off the back of a, a down year. It's probably the time to, to pounce if you were to go and get him because over the past few years, you've got no chance. But in a startup new keeper league, where does he go? Does he go inside those top five or six round selections? Yeah, I think he still does. I mean, the reality, I think people get a little bit lost in if you have a startup keeper and you're going uh, Walsh as your number one, uh, you're actually not paying attention to who wins the, the keeper league. So mm. it's actually, it's like everything. You, you've got to manage your list. Yes, you want some uh, breakout future stars, but you still want your gun scorers early. Mm. And um, for sake of a, a, a broken leg, Tom Mitchell should be the guaranteed number one fantasy startup uh, selection, mm. uh, keeper selection. There's no doubts about that, and that's the way it should be. So, really, Dangerfield should be one. Uh, pro- probably Brody uh, Grundy will be number two, and I think you probably see the first uh, ten picks slightly different. So you're leaning towards more a Kelly might yeah. drop at number three. Uh, a Lockie Neal might drop at four just because they've got six, seven, eight years left in their career. So it's only slight changes. A Dusty 27 turning 28 uh, probably gets through to round three. Yeah, and no, I think it's about a fair enough place to get him. And again, 12 months ago, if you were starting up a keeper league, he was going in Would that opening round, round, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. that's the value of him there. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Dustin Martin. 
Absolute pleasure. Uh, if you want to go and check out the article, it is there at coachespanel.tv. All the links for all the players revealed so far, how you can get involved and uh, become a part of our Patreon, get some exclusive content behind there. And also... Everything else of all the league codes for all the formats and our reviews of club-by-club analysis, that is all there at coachespanel.tv. If you're a big fan of the work of the Statesman, make sure you go and check out the Draft Doctors podcast. He, among many others, really helping you build your super coach and your AFL fantasy drafts. Keeper league content are plenty coming through those guys. Number 25 in the 50 most relevant. We hit the halfway mark. And a guy that I've mentioned probably seven times over the past episodes but never in a positive light. But there's not a good reason to not start him. 